Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I gotta go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. Hey, audiophiles, just a quick note that uh, when taking out her card uh, that she recorded the episode on, June misplaced it. She lost the card that recorded her audio from her great microphone, and we are abusing her Zoom audio only. So if you hear any imperfections, it is not uh, for any other reason than the amazing wizard of audio, uh, producer, uh, engineer extraordinaire. Devin has gone to great lengths to fix it the best way that he can, but that is why we have a slight issue this week. I think it sounds actually pretty good, but I wanted to give a warning so I didn't get a million tweets telling me, hey, did you know and why? And I I got it. We know. Devin fixed it. And uh, without him, uh, we would be nowhere. So thank you, Devin, and enjoy. Money, power, sex, sequins, large jackets, flowery blouses, taco meat, and prints. We saw Under the Cherry Moon. So you know what that means. Now it's time for How did this go babe? We're gonna have a good time Celebrate some failure Not just be a hater Can't you know you wonder How did this go babe? Let's wallow in the mediocrity Of subpar art Perhaps we'll find the answer To the question How did this get made? Hello people of Earth And welcome to How did this get made? I am Tall John Shear And boy oh boy um, We have been on a run Of movies that I have been absolutely loving. This is the follow-up to Purple Rain, and it is the most 
Prince film you could possibly ever imagine. I can't wait to talk about it. Did not know until this movie started that the female lead was Kristen uh, Scott Thomas, which is great, uh, and the bad guy from Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, all I can say about this plot is Prince is a gigolo, and he falls in love, and as the beginning of the movie states, that leads to his death. Uh, but we'll talk about all this and more, but first, let me introduce my co-host, Please welcome Mr. Jason Manzukas. How are you, Jason? Uh, Paul, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, this is, I, I almost said this before the things the podcast started, but I'm going to say it now. This is, without a doubt, the most notes I've ever taken on a How Did This Get Made movie. Like, every single Every single scene, every single outfit, every single line of dialogue, every single music cue, every single camera move, I had notes on. I was consumed. I'm obsessed with this movie. I am too. I felt like I was transcribing the film. That's how much I was writing. And I, I don't was, even. I felt like I had taken drugs. I was like, the movie was making me feel. Like, like, like I was in a fever dream. It was, I, I'm so excited. We got to talk about it. Um, and I don't even want to delay at all our conversation. So that's why I'll bring in our next co-host. Please welcome June Diane Rayfield. How are you, June? Hi, Paul. I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad to uh, speak to you. Um, June, thoughts about Under the Cherry Moon? You know, it's funny, Jason, because I actually didn't write down much because I loved this movie. Yes. I oh. loved it so much and I just enjoyed the hell out of it. I, 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 I can't agree with you more with the slight caveat that it's terrible. Yes. I, <laughs> I, agree, I mean, I but... mean, I, I'm holding both of these things in my hands as both true. I yes, this loved is a, it. This is a both end situation. Yes. yes. And it's this, not this, an either or. Exactly. It is a movie made by a genius. Yes. Right. And, and it is so uniquely bizarre, but so heartfelt. I said to June and at one point. Holy Prince. It's oh. so. It's like the movie the most- in microcosm is like Prince's music career. It's there's it's 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 pure genius, but there's too much of it. I mean, to me, I wrote down this is the princiest of Prince movies ever. I mean, you yes. couldn't you. This is him. I also just want to start off with a couple of broad stroke questions just to put us sure. in a conversation about Prince. Right. Yes. First of all, this Prince is not the prince that I'm used to, right? Like he has something very different. I think I've gotten so locked into the Fred Armisen version of the very whispery, uh, coquettish. Or the Chappelle, uh, yes. uh, um, Charlie Murphy stories. Yeah. And this prince is, I mean, he's not that. I mean, he well, has got so many things. Here's what's interesting. This is, I feel like the version of Prince that is in some of those stories, which is, uh, and also if you want great Prince stories, um, Mike Judge does a great show on Showtime uh, called Tales from the Tour Bus. And it's um, people talk, it's a documentary series where people tell stories about the first season about country music and the second season is all about funk. And almost everybody tells Prince stories, Bootsy Collins, James Brown, all these people, everybody tells Prince stories. Anyway, the thing about Prince that seems to be united throughout all of these things is that he's a fucking rascal. 
you know? And the, in this movie, Prince is a little rascal. He's like, yeah. he's like starting trouble. He's winding people up. He's like, half of the movie is a noir in which Prince is the femme fatale, weirdly. And half of the movie, half of the movie is a screwball comedy, is like a yeah. an homage to Preston Sturgis or, or, or the, like his girl Friday type of screwball, you know, or, or, you know, like bringing up baby basically. Oh, and by the way, so Prince directed this by you know oh, yeah. like, so this is it it really no one is filtering him but june i mean what did you think about prince like what like what was your coming into I mean, this I, yeah i also well so so the only st- i haven't heard all these prince stories i love prince love. you know and i think about like I, as the election approaches it, i've been thinking about him a lot and the time when like prince died david bowie died and i remember someone tweeting um, it's a bad sign when all of the aliens start leaving the planet. And yes. me, I really do think about it as like, that's kind of when everything started to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I connect it like very deeply to losing Prince, losing Bowie, like losing the men who were able to contain multitudes of sexuality and gender and, and just um, performance and brilliance. And thank God we got Dennis Rodman still here. Thank God. But it felt <laughs> like protect Rodman. <laughs> it felt like all of these special men were leaving us um, and leaving us to Donald Trump. And so that's sort of like my overall. I was really excited to sit down with Prince um, and be with him. But it was. I have known the only story, the personal story I've known about Prince has been from when he guest starred on New Girl. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I think we all know this. Yes. Oh, wait, I okay, don't know do this. We, I don't I, know this. I just know him as having been a, a rascal on that yes. set, having been like the, the Prince that we saw in this film, that behavior was, I think, displayed on the set of New Girl. So, so I was very aware of that. But it's certainly, I've never seen Purple Rain. So I'm also behind. By the way, I have to admit, I haven't seen it either. I've seen bits of it and I was blown away just like like this. I've seen it, but I have, I actually haven't. It's a better, it's a better movie. Obviously, it's a better movie. Um, Because this to me, this is like, because Prince is in control of Under the Cherry Moon, this is like really a a tone poem. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is not a movie. It's it is a it is a, a a rambling series of lightly connected scenes that have a slightly uh, uh if you took out here's what I'll say. If you took out the legitimately incredible music that runs throughout this movie, the movie would suddenly seem to be that is what's that is what's that is the thread that ties this that keeps this movie held together. If you took it out the movie would seem startlingly bizarre i think it's kind of crazy well, yeah if prince was anything if we were watching this without knowing prince was prince if we were just watching this like oh this is an actor playing this part not watching it knowing who this man is and what you know all of his albums whatever what he's produced what he produced in his lifetime it would be the the strangest experience. Can I can I make an insane claim? Yeah, and I want to be Please. very I want to be very clear right now. 
Prince, for me, is one of my top 10 music icons. Like, he's in the pantheon. He is an icon. Like, I think Prince is a, like, once-in-a-generation genius. It is unparalleled what he's done in music. If Prince only made this movie and we had only that to go on, we would consider it in the same category as The Room. Like, yes, instead of yes. instead of saying things like, Hi, you know, hi, Mark. Hi. We would be going, Garcon, Garcon. We would be doing that impression. Like it's, it is a, it's careening. The fact that it is a movie that takes place in France. Half of the people are speaking English. Half of the people who speak in English write in French. Half of the people are speaking in French and don't understand English. I don't understand. And there are a lot of English. English, British accents as well. Correct. Well, I mean, there's so much going on here. I want to just, I want to go back to one thing that you said, Jason, uh, about <laughs> about it being like Tommy Wiseau. I, I have a big belief that Tommy Wiseau is like uh, a Spielberg or a Prince without the talent. So all the same things are there. It, this doesn't coalesce the same way. Like, right? It's well, like, oh they, yeah. But they, it, it, they both, Under the Cherry Moon and The Room are both, without a doubt, um, the true vision of the creator on film. Like nobody yes. interceded. And as a result... We get this. And I mean, and and just to talk a little bit about the French and the, the mixing of accents, one of my favorite moments, oh my God, was when you see him walk through the courtyard with these kids. He takes their soccer ball, bounces it like a basketball. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but when he goes to the flower stand and he goes up to the woman and he's like, what do you want? And the woman says, oh, I don't know. It's so hard for me to decide. By the way, it's a French market. She's speaking English. Fine. But then he... You think he's going to interpret for her like, oh, you can't ex- describe what you want. I'll do it for you. And then she says, I don't know which one I want. And then he just turns to the French uh, salesperson and goes, uh, 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 uh. Like, doesn't... <laughs> and <laughs> walks say, away. Doesn't say, Dan walks away, but doesn't even attempt French. He just goes, uh, uh. <laughs> I was like, this is beyond. Like, he's... <laughs> It is. He, he's one of the most. He's one of the most charismatic screen presences in in any way, shape, and form. He is electric to watch, right? But yeah. over and over and over again, I was shocked when I was looking at it and being like, "I'm not sure he knows how to kiss." Well, the so, kissing yeah, was the kissing I mean, was weird. I, it was very weird. I think all of the sort of passion was weird, and oh, oh yeah, you know, all of the passion, oh, yeah. all of the performance of passion was so odd. And that was for me. That was the only disappointment of seeing Prince in these like passionate scenes and it feeling so very wrong. So it, yeah, it feeling like really, uh, cause that's the, it, I'll be honest. That is the thing that's, that shocked me about this because I, I think of Prince as such a Prince's, you know, curated persona was raw sexuality. You know, the, yes. the, 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 the ass cheeks of his pants cut out uh, on the, whatever it was, the MTV awards or whatever that was, or just the overt sexuality. Like one of the first people who is making overtly sexual music that is for a mainstream audience, like truly like darling Nikki, like songs that are about sex that are, that are played on the radio. Like, wasn't you know, he, isn't that why like parental, 
guidelines were put on records. I think that's one of the reasons. Yes. Yeah. Specifically because of his records. So for the fact that like the, the sex scene between he and Kristen Scott Thomas, their sex scene in the grotto or whatever it's called. Oh my God. It just cuts between them awkwardly kissing candles, fingers entwined, candles, Fingers entwined, awkwardly kissing. That's but the sex when, scene. But when the the best shot of that, and the, again, the princiest of prince shots, is the camera lingers on Chris and Scott Thomas's hand, and then is superimposed in her hand is the two of them like having sex. Like the hand, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's an insane shot. I love it. But I do feel that while he doesn't know how to kiss, he's got sex appeal. And I would argue that the relationship or the sexual relationship between uh, between uh, Tricky and oh. Christopher Tracy, well, that's... They uh, have their chemistry. Now their chemistry. I, that, I could talk <laughs> about this relationship for hours. I was... I See, was but here's like, the thing, and that's why I don't think, Jason, that this is this could be the room if we didn't know who Prince was. Because there's something about this movie and the relationships... And what they're going for, like th- this movie is realized and fully itself and living out loud. And it is, it is millennial in its sense of taking up space and feeling entitled to itself. And I appreciate that about it. And I, I do think that, that they are creating these relationships on screen that are confusing, that I've never seen before that are um, fascinating to well, watch. What's, what was very interesting to me was, and and I think, again, I do, Prince is a genius, and there is a lot of attempts at genius within this because Prince inside of this movie is using a lot of the tropes and archetypal relationships that exist in film noir and that exist in screwball comedy. He's kind of, you know, ping-ponging between those two things over and over and over again. And as a result a lot of the fluidity and a lot of the relationships are 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 um upending versions of those relationships like prince treats himself like the femme fatale in a film noir yes. the the shots linger on prince they don't linger on the women in the movie they linger on prince like the first shot is a like the first shot is of prince lying down it, it like the camera like slowly pans up focusing on his ass moving up his body body like the camera drinks in prints in this fascinating way oh yeah and the 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 refusal to define he and tricky's relationship in a way that is they are these male gigolos who are hustling women they are american i'm correct right they are american they're american gigolos hustling women in uh in france Right. Yes, I I thought this movie was going to be more of a Casablanca in the beginning. Like it felt like he was going to be our Rick, but yep. he is doesn't own a club. He kind of just jumps around from club to club playing piano because I don't even think that club in the daytime where they're dancing is the same club that he was at at night in the beginning of the film where he's getting too oh, many notes. I mean, how many notes oh are God, being written in that notes. first scene? <laughs> <laughs> the notes was making me laugh so hard because I the also note- was like before the notes start arriving before we understand the story. Yes. So I'm like, why is he getting all these romance notes from this guy back here? Yeah, it's like they are trying to set up so much and it's like, do it the eyes. The rent is due. Here's my other point. The beginning of the movie looks like it's going to be in the past. I believe, again, I'm putting this Casablanca element to it. Old school Hollywood. 
This movie takes place in present day. Yeah. It is not, and it has no reason to be black and white, and I would argue... It should never have been black and white because I want to see these fucking outfits. I want well, to see the what thing. these people they keep, look like. They keep referring to colors. Like yeah. They keep, they keep, should I wear the blue or the gold? You know, yeah. like there's a lot of stuff in the movie that is color specific. And there is something, also there's something about, because, you know, Prince is such a, you know, Prince is synonymous with the color purple, you know, uh, you know, the, the color purple, not the yeah. color purple. Uh, uh, you know, so color is such a specific thing that he has chosen to, to kind of live inside of and choose to represent himself with this, you know, this single color for so many years. So it was so odd that he chose black and white, but I was like, this is an homage. This is his attempt to live inside of those movies. You right. Know? But I think what he made the mistake of is like, he didn't play into the noir. Like he, he basically, Agreed. Prince is Prince should be seen in color. Like absolutely that, like that, if anything I know about Prince, it's like, you need to see him. And I wanted to see more of him. And I actually think it dulls the movie in a way because yeah. it is kind of beautifully shot. Uh, well, and the it camera is, is insane. It is no, not it, beautifully shot. It's not beautifully shot. The, the camera, camera is moving. movement <laughs> was making me nauseous at times. <laughs> the camera the movement scene, is like the, the scene the, where the, the camera is just revolving 360 oh, yes, around yes, the restaurant. Yes. Was le- I legitimately that, had to pause it because I got nauseous. It's mo- like I was like the mo- the camera movement is too fast. It's too fast, and at points it feels like um, I don't know how to describe it more than if I was in a control room and I had five cameras in front of me and I'm taping a live event and I go and I'm saying camera three run in and get me a close up and you wouldn't hit that close up button until camera three got into position but this movie <laughs> hits the button as it gets into position like yeah. you're watching the camera go blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm just like wild there's also there's moves that make no sense like that big when they do that big like circling around the restaurant over and over and I guess to show like all these relationships that aren't working and it's right before they reveal um, when Kristen Scott Thomas comes into the restaurant and it just, ne- it doesn't pay off. And we're swinging around and around that restaurant a number of times for something that d- she just walks in at the end. Oh yeah. No, there's, there's tons of wasted time. I felt like that scene, they wanted to have the effect of like a, one of those rotating bars. Yeah. But they were like, we can't do that. So instead, right. why don't we just move the camera? You know, and I, and we'll have all of these, we'll have insights into, you know, there's a couple kissing and then the next time they come around, she's slapping him in the face. And the next time they come around, they're kissing again, you know, like the, all of this human drama is going on, but it's not significant to the movie or the plot or anything like that. It's just a matter of their placeholders for then actors to walk in and do the scene. It's a very bizarre oh. when it, the, the, the opening scene, when, when Christopher Prince is playing piano in the piano bar. And the lady in white walks in and he does like a Lenny and Squiggy like vert level biting of his palm or, you know, like, like, she's so beautiful. And then he has to like, she catches him looking and his look is like, he's also doing like Buster Keaton level comedy. He's also doing physical comedy that is silent movie era Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin style comedy. By the way, you're being very kind to say that. I mean, how would you describe the moment where they see bats? It's unbelievable. Why were there bats in there? <laughs> Why? Why were there bats in there? And it's and it's like it to me is not 
even a moment that you need a joke, it's like a serious conversation. Like, oh, bats. And they go, ah. But that's what I mean. Like, there are jokes in here that like when, okay, so like right afterwards when like when the lady in white wakes up and Christopher has been in her bed and he leaves her a note. And oh, the note has yes. like a big smiley face on it. I was like, this is because it's not it's like a it's a bit of like romantic script, but then a big giant smiley face, weird childlike smiley face. I thought that whole thing felt like a first grader wrote it. I was like, you would never want to call this man for another that's sex night I after felt. this. But I felt like that's these are Prince jokes. These are jokes that <laughs> Prince thinks are funny. There's no way he thinks this is what a real the real uh, a real this is a real sexy note to leave behind. I think he's like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? You no, know, but like, you see, I think Prince gets away with weird shit because even in the beginning of the movie, when he's at the piano and he's getting upset, he goes to drink like to slug back a drink, but the drink that he slugs back has like sugar on the rim and an umbrella <laughs> in it. Like he it like it is like to me, it's like Prince is like, oh yeah, I want to have that moment where like I slam back a martini, but I don't drink martinis. I drink like this like Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, they, or like, like or the scene like... when the scene when the when Tricky and Prince are in their apartment building, and Tricky and the the is it Katie, who's the woman who's the landlord, have just had sex, and they're arguing about the fact that Tricky and Prince owe her rent, and and Tricky goes, "Uh oh, he's gonna give you the Bella Lugosi look," yeah. and then it just comes deep, like rack, full focus, hard close up on Prince with like th- like creepy theremin music playing in the background while he does big broad faces at her and she appears to be scared i didn't like that by the way it's like you know i was what? like what is this movie's tone well and then i, I couldn't quite understand what was hap- what was happening there were they threatening to rape her well she already just had sex with she tricky just that's had when you- sex with tricky well, that doesn't mean she still can't be great. Oh, of course. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I more mean like I don't think it was like I think sex is possible, yes. You know? But they are, but you're right. They are kind of like, they are approaching her in yeah. a way, but it's like, but here again, as I go, and this is, I have a bigger thought that I want to share with you, but this is what, to Jason's point, like, this is Prince just having fun. Like, I'm the Bella Lugosi, so I'm going to go suck your blood. Like, I feel like that's what he was going for. Like, I'm a I vampire. Tell, or or like, I couldn't tell if it was like, this is how they kind of like uh, play around. If this yeah. is like, like, cause they're so they are tricky and Christopher are have like the most intimate relationship in in a way that I was like, I feel like the the movie is telling us, you know, in you know, not so coded language that they are a gay couple. But then at times they appear bisexual, to be, definitely. Yeah, or or, or or have had a relationship with each other. I guess is what I mean. But yeah. uh, the, I, but that 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 it also both of them like the, their falling out is because they have both fallen in love with Mary. I, well, I couldn't I couldn't quite understand. I, 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 I couldn't either. I really didn't know if Tricky did genuinely have feelings for Mary. It seemed it seemed like he did. I think I, he I only agree. had feelings because when Prince said. You take care of the money, I take care of the panties, or whatever that line is. Drawers. Like he was like, oh yeah, drawers. Like uh, that. Please he, don't say panties, Paul. Sorry. I mean, I, by the way, I don't say it, but I thought that that maybe that's what Christopher Tracy said. Um, <laughs> that I thought that he was like it was like a challenge because he did like he did wait outside for him while they were gonna have sex in the room. Like he did protect him multiple times. Like tricky. Like it felt like a. Like it was like a, a competition between them, but also 
Like she was their toy. What I couldn't figure out was to me, and and I I think now I might be wrong. What what the movie seemed to me to be setting up was that Tricky was Prince's kind of not quite pimp, but like the guy that handled the money. The guy like when Tricky was sending him the notes about the lady in white. I was like, oh, he's the guy who sets who's the go between who sends the ladies over. Who gets the go between between the women and the 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 gigolo, you know? Um and that was their relationship. So then later to find out that Tricky himself is also a gigolo, I was like, oh, I'm confused a little bit. I mean I'm confused a lot, but in in this regard, I was like why, 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 why does he have feelings for Mary? Isn't it his goal to just facilitate Christopher and Mary getting together? Well, I know he will. I th- I know he financially stands to um, make some money if Christopher and Mary get together. Um, I think. I think ultimately we were telling the story of him just being scared of losing his friend. Yes. You know, his, a his friend, friend who, who he, I like, believe sits he in the bath with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough. But Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes, that's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even 
just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Did anyone else struggle with telling the difference between Mary's mom Yes. And Mrs. Wellington? Yes, yes, I had a hard time. You made fun of me, June, when I said that because I was confused and I was I like, I don't remember making fun of you, Paul. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. No, I was like, I was like, wait, is that the mom? Because they are, they almost dress alike, they look alike. They look exactly alike. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, and I think that is kind of not necessarily intentional, but like they're basically saying like they're I feel like they're doing like a his traditionally what he does is he sleeps with older women. Right. You know, like he's the young guy who sleeps with older women like um, money. Right. American like like American gigolo. But it's very much like they know what they're in for. Right. Like it's not like because he comes back with the rent money and he has it like he didn't steal it from her. She knows, like she's gonna, like this is a yeah. Okay, no, no, no. It's it's like American Gigolo, or right. it's like yeah, any it's any all of above those. Board. I didn't know if it was more of like a sugar daddy kind of relationship. What's not or above sugar board mo- yeah. and what's not cool is the scene where Prince goes into the mother's room in the dark and oh. starts starting to have sex with her, thinking it's the daughter. Like that is a hundred percent not cool <laughs> and not above hey. board. Because people do not know what's going on in that regard. So, but I think Mrs. Wellington is a stand-in for the 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 older generation that is that is you know um, that uh, Kristen Scott Thomas sees as like um, the the parental figures, or in the case of Mrs. Wellington, the woman who's sleeping with her father. You know. Where I got confused. So Mrs. Wellington, <laughs> Mrs. Wellington is both paying, paying to have sex with Prince, mm-hmm. and then also sleeping with Isaac, Mary's dad, just for like just for fun, or does she? I think so. I think that I think she is his mistress. Okay. Wasn't that okay. the phone call? I, you know what yes. scene I loved? Yes. The scene I loved was the, the duet between Prince and the answering machine. When Prince sits oh. at the piano. Oh, my God. Oh, this incredible. is an incredible scene. It's like a literal, it's a duet that Prince is doing between himself playing the piano live and the voice of um, I, Isaac uh, yes. uh, leaving the, the a bad, message. The bad guy from Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Who, if you literally, I wish someone out there, if you have any time in this quarantine, you could take scenes from Beverly Hills Cop with this man and this movie because they're the same thing. Like this, this man is irritated by Prince and Axel Foley. Like they are, they are the same level. He's like, who is this man? And get him out of here, Mr. Foley. Like they, I literally just, you could have the same scenes. Like I, I really do believe that this that Prince saw Beverly Hills Cop was like, oh, that should be our bad guy. It's the same relationship yeah but that duet the so so that that guy yes. is leaving a message for mrs wellington and prince is playing along to it and using his side of the duet to make fun of isaac it's this yes it's, and we haven't met isaac yet so it's it's such a great scene i love that was where i was like this is genius this is prince's this is what is wonderful about prince you know who you've dialed not home. Do you want to leave a message? Hello, beautiful. This is Isaac. Shh. Be home in the morning. 
Maybe I need seven. I called you five times last night. Now, where were you? With me. Yes, yes. Because if you are, I'll kill him. You know I love you, darling. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, by the way, they reprise that at the end where I laughed the hardest in the entire film was when a tricky is reading the letter from Chris yes. Scott Thomas and he just oh responds to God. the letter out loud. Like oh he's the <laughs> He's speaking to the letter. And also, Katie says, well, aren't you going to give me a hug? Katie didn't read the letter. He wasn't reading it aloud to her. That was in voiceover. Katie, are you telling me Katie can hear the voiceover of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can I just, can I posit the one thing that I, I had this thought and we've talked around it a few times, but (laughs) (laughs) Prince is Pee Wee Herman. Right. And I say this in the way where he's created a world in which he lives and all these things are normal in the Prince world. And I was like, there is something well, very similar about these two men that are. I, I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Like they well, like the Bella Lugosi. Herman is sexless. Sure. And Prince is sex defined. You right. know what I mean? But like the. But I know what you mean. Like the the way that they are. Neither a boy, like, I mean, Prince at points is like a boy. Sometimes he's like a real, like he's like a man. Sometimes he's like a woman. Do we know how old Prince is when this, in the movie? Well, this is a big question because I can find that out. But here's my issue because at one point, Chris and Scott Thomas says to him, I only date people my own age. Right. And then I'm like, well, if she's 32, She's she's not 21 yet. Oh, I thought she was 32. I thought so too. We misheard that. She's not yet 21. Oh. I was bummed because the entire time I was actually thinking, oh, wow, she's 32. For whatever reason, Paul and I heard 32. And I was like, this is, this is, I was watching the movie thinking, wow, this is an interesting story of a woman who I think, according to her family, should probably have been married earlier. Um, she says at one point, You've been telling me how to live my life for 21 years. So I assumed that's how old she was. So Prince is 28 when this movie comes out. So, you know, give or take, like, that's the age group that he's playing, which was interesting because it is hard to tell because I do believe that even when Prince died, he looked this way. Like, he had, like, a youthful look. I did see him one time when the league went to go to uh, a Vikings game, and he was in the box next to us, and we all left the box, because he went to every, like, home game for the Vikings, and he's a huge football fan, and and to see him, first of all, not be surrounded by much security at all, and be dressed to the nines, and walk out of the box in the middle, like, where everyone is going to their Hmm. cars, so is Prince. I mean, his car is waiting for him, but... Like it was easy breezy, Prince just walking out, and I also have a friend whose parents live next door to Prince, and Prince would like bring them soup. Like, oh, hey, wow. I made some soup for you. Like, and like and crashed their 50th birthday one time. He's like, Oh, I saw her there was a well, party. I want to come over. One of the things that comes through both in those Charlie Murphy stories and in a lot of the stories that are inside again, that Tales from the Tour Bus show, is Prince doing incredibly generous things for people. 
Yeah. You know, where well, Prince that's will. found out in his death that he had been an anonymous donor for so many different Oh, I didn't know that. Causes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, f- whether it was younger artists or whether yeah. it was pe- just all these people, he just he went the distance for them in ways that that they themselves felt blown away by and surprised by. And again, like him walking out of that booth that way, like we all we all should have done a better job protecting him. Yeah. By the way, I will say one thing about Prince that I think is so unique in this day and time is he is a I mean, he's an icon, right? We can just say icon. And the fact that he lived a life that was very much like, I am a Minnesota guy. Like, I love Minnesota. That's where I'm living. And like, he seemed to have like an air about him that was unfazed by his celebrity or anything about him. Like the fact that he just went over to somebody's 50th birthday party and just hung out and had a drink. Like, I love that about him. It's very Bill Murray in a way. He is a true like a a singular once in a generation unique individual. He is he is true he is apart from everything else. He is some he's an he's like a he really is a like a once in a generation talent. You don't like Prince is something else and that comes through even in his I will say this I will say this movie is unsuccessful uh and but it's unsuccessful because he's trying to do so much he's he's pouring so much creative energy into it that it, it becomes confusing and kind of a victim of you can't keep piling stuff on like you can't have yeah. some t- like the scene that i think is incredible is the scene in the when they go to is it La Papillon like uh, the the restaurant where Kristen Scott Thomas says meet me at La Papillon oh, tomorrow oh. at seven oh, yeah. the, the garçon garçon song right oh yes uh, scene, oh. right but what that turns into is she goes oh look and suddenly people whisk away the tables and 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 like very kind of traditional music dance like a waltz starts playing right. And then Chris, uh, Prince and um, Tricky, Tricky are like, let's bring some of us to this. And they take out a boombox, they put it on top of the piano, and they start playing a Prince song. Immediately, everybody starts going bananas. But Prince in the, jumps up on the piano and sometimes sings lyrics into a microphone, sometimes does not and just dances, sometimes s- seems to be singing lyrics, but with, with the, without the microphone. Like, I was like, why isn't there any consistency with what this scene is telling It me? was almost like a scene out of Top Secret when, like, Val Kilmer just turns it, like, into Elvis. And, like, like, the movie has this magical realism, but then at other points... In, like then it seems incredible, like almost too grounded. Like it, it really fluctuates. It's true, because there are some scenes. Like I, <laughs> there are some moments, and yes, the movie is insane, and it's it, it's too many ideas all over the place. It's a mess, but there are some moments that are that really land. And oh yeah. Like like in a, such a strange way, the scene between Mary and her mother. Um, toward the end of the movie, when Mary says, and I'm going to paraphrase, but something along the lines of, I, um, I've been hurting for so long. And her mother says, we've all been hurting for so long. And it's this crazy moment of you realize like, oh, this mother has also been in the same trap that Mary's been in and can't get out. And- or the, the one that was that landed for me was when Prince... And again, I don't know why he does this, but Prince and Kristen Scott Thomas have been out all night and he calls 
her mu- her father on the phone wakes him up and starts yelling at him and is like, uh, I kissed your daughter. She liked it, blah, blah, blah. And if you try and keep us apart, I'm going to tell your wife everything you're up to. And he says, his wife is right next to me. He says, you think she doesn't know what I do? And I was like, oof. Like, this is, like, yeah. brutal. Like, there's just, like, some some real yeah. ugliness to well, the Well, I think people. that must be why in that scene with the mother, if you look over the corner, you'll see the maid is witnessing it all and just wiping away tears nonstop. Very smartly, very smartly, Prince places, there's a lot of internal family strife in this family. They are always all yelling at each other. And very smartly, he always places staff inside the room. I love that, yes. So they are always acting and behaving like monsters in front of people. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> can we just talk about this scene? Um, when the father brushes her hair? Yes. I mean, that scene creeped me out more than any Blumhouse movie I've ever seen. First of all, it looks like he's never done that. And it was... I mean, June, it got you too, right? I mean, that yeah, was a, not like that one bit. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I can't wait to have a, do- a grown daughter so I can comb her hair at night. Oh, it was so like <laughs> the way he was. I think if he had some authority to doing it, I would have appreciated it. But it was tentative and too gentle for me. Well, like, it, it was like, Paul, do you remember when we went to a um, we went to get that? pregnancy massage that I had to do. We might want yes. to cut the section out, but we had to, I had to, Jason, I had to get this like special procedure done okay. to try yeah. to flip Gus inside my belly because he was breech. And it. so we were doing all these crazy massages and I had Paul in the room with me because I was at a male chiropractor's and he always had to move my underwear. And I was telling Paul like, oh, He's so rough when he does it, and it always surprises me. But then Paul was like, "Yeah, but do you want him to be gentle? Like, yeah, there's exactly. no." <laughs> I think I think no that's exactly what I was gonna say. To be you gotta get in otherwise, there, like, yeah, it's it's be gotta be like otherwise, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I felt about the, <laughs> the hair brushing. It's like to be there's no way you can do it that's ever going to feel i think i would prefer a rougher more like i'm just trying to work through a knot type brush yeah. yeah or 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 if she was like you know daddy you have to brush my hair like you do every night or like like and he was like i think you're too old now you right. know what i mean like it it was just your birthday we can't keep doing this like so you know like i don't know like it's got to be there was something very also i think because He's such a villain and he's so he's such a bad person that you are also ascribing malintent to every action he does. I would put money on it. It was not written that way. And Prince was off camera (laughs) and said, brush your hair. And he's like, what? Brush. Can we get a a hairbrush? Can we fly in a hairbrush? (laughs) And I feel like like that's that's how that scene was played. And there's so many scenes in this movie that look like first and best take. Like there's one moment where Prince is like, but like trying to buy a car and money's is falling on the ground. Money's being thrown up in the, like, it just seems like we got it. Let's move on. He, he throws 700,000 francs at people in a Porsche. And that is just one of many things that are purchased that day. (laughs) You know what I felt watching this? Like, didn't they find when Prince died, like uh, hundreds of albums and music videos. Okay. So to me, this was, this movie was like, it's all a part of, 
Yes, you're right, Jason. He's a genius and he also made too much. It's just part of the process. It's like, listen, we got his music and what we're also going to get is this sort of, this exercise, you know? (laughs) Well, one of the things, the reason that Prince you know, left, uh, the reason that Prince changed his name to that symbol was because he was trying to get out of his record contract because they would only let him release one record a year and he wanted to release three records a year (laughs) because that's how much, or more, because that's how much music he was recording. So So he has hundreds of hours of of songs that are just sitting there. I think it's in that Kevin Smith like story about him that said that he wired every room in his house to have the ability to start recording songs. So like so he could basically hit record in any room and get like something down yeah. like bathroom bedroom anywhere so he didn't want to ever be away from not being able to record so and I he guess, has always had a guitar on basically you know and, so that if something yeah. occurred to him he could quickly record it so by the way what i want to say here is i think we all learned uh you don't want to take prince to a buffet because he's going to overdo it i uh, mean really he's <laughs> going to fill that plate he's like wait don't put don't put the jello next to the steak he wants it all it's too many things all the things would have been great but uh, too many. Oh, it's it really is. It's like it's left unchecked. It's it's an overwhelming. It's it's in in terms of genre, in terms of tone, in terms of uh, visuals, in terms of everything. There's no consistency. And the thing that kind of Paul, you earlier comparing it to Pee Wee. The thing that I that we neglected to mention when we started talking about this was that this is a fairy tale because yeah. it starts with a narration that says "Once upon a time." And yes, so you there was get a this, bad boy. You get this intro which tells you this is a fairy tale. This is, you know, a storybook type story. So so I think that's the get out of jail free card for why it's allowed to be, why it's allowed to careen between tones yes. and styles so much. I mean, even I, I honestly feel like he was trying to make, you know, like what you said, every movie that he liked that was in black and white, like, and it's an homage to all of it. But yet, and, and I think there is a story here. I mean, he, you know, he tells you at the beginning he's going to get killed. He does get killed. But there are these moments that also feel so now, like that moment with the Rekka Stowe, like the Rekka yeah. Stowe moment, like that to me feels like a bit that happened offset. And they're like, we're now putting that in the movie because, yeah. you know, you have Chris and Scott Thomas, who I think is not necessarily in the same world as Prince and, uh, and uh, Benton and uh, and they are, you know, and so they do this bit with her, but it it's a apropos of nothing in that moment. Like he's writing it down on a piece of paper and you're like, oh, what is this reference to the grander scheme of the plot? Well, they're and, just fucking with her. Right. They're really, they're just fucking with her. What on is that? Some new language. <laughs> Read it. You know what it is? It's nothing, you Indian. You know it, but you won't confess it because you're such a coward. It is something. Something you don't know, and you won't confess that because you're a coward. This is silly, and you're a child. (laughs) Now read it aloud so we can all hear how knowledgeable you are. Wreck her stone. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? You don't, do you? Wreck her stone, wreck her stone, it's nothing. (laughs) It is something. Come on. Read it again. This time, say it louder. Rekka Stowe. Louder. Rekka Stowe! I give up. <laughs> what is it? Wait, wait, wait. 
If you wanted to buy a Sam Cooke, Abby, where would you go? The Rickers. <laughs> That's part of their effort to say, hey, we're going to make high society bend to us, you know, and we're going to tease you. We're going to play our music. We're going to like we're going to fuck with you is I think their whole thing is these rich people. Fuck them. We're going to we're going to take their money, which is their kind of M.O. with all of these rich women is to kind of get them for what they're worth to kind of milk them for as much as they can get, essentially, which is why they're going through the the newspaper, which apparently lists is like the newspaper is essentially the classifieds for like for for women rich women you know like it's straight out of a marx brothers movie i mean it really is like the queen of england (laughs) is coming to the this hotel at five o'clock today well i guess we'll know we know where we'll be you know and then they're at the party you know it's it's the 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 kristen scott thomas birthday party where she comes out in a sheet flashes everybody her naked body then goes and plays drums while everybody chants along I was like the song that's is- terrible. Planet yeah. Rock, Planet Rock. Like, <laughs> that's what all the- it is. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, I loved Kristen Scott. I oh, thought she love, was wonderful. Love. Why aren't we asking her questions about this movie every single every interview, <laughs> every time? Every time she's being, every time she's doing press for any single movie, they should be like, "Great, now we have one hundred questions about Under the Cherry Moon." By the way, I like their I like their chemistry together. I felt like she I mean, she's great. I love her. And I felt like in a weird way, she played it. I'm not in a weird way. She played it perfectly. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, there like she she played. I don't think that she played it incredibly like um, I think there's an element of taming the shrew in here, which she's never much of the shrew. Like she no, doesn't see, you know, all. which I think is actually adept in this film. Like they don't make her just to be like that. But it's like. She does something that I'm in, as endeared to her as I am to him. Like me you know, too. and that's agree. And yeah, me too. She has an energy, a life force. A she's she is as watchable and interesting as he is, as tricky is. There again, there are faces and characters in this movie that are endlessly fascinating. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I thought I. I thought she looked so beautiful. I could not. She's somebody who I think the black and white movie um, served. I agree that yes. it should have been shown in color, but Kristen Scott, I don't think I've appreciated should have been like features. Pleasantville. Yeah. I loved that they made her, because the I think the, the traditional move would have been to make her an uptight prude that Prince needed to kind of loosen up and be like, you need yeah, to live a more carefree life. Let me pull you away from that. And instead it was so cool that she was already rebelling against the, the prudishness of her upbringing. I loved that, you know? Um, So that, so that it made her a worthy adversary for Prince because she could give it as well as she could take it, which I loved. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's an idea here that I don't know, like she, I mean, she's being forced into this marriage of like, to make their family like it's almost like if the if like the Bezos family was marrying like the Gates's family, right? Like that's what they're trying to set up. Like that that this is a marriage of making 
so much money of yeah. fortunes and 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 um and I, I i do feel like we missed out on meeting that guy we only got a phone call with him i, I really wanted oh to God. see who that guy would have been yeah that phone call where she keeps saying things to prince off screen and he hears everything and keeps thinking she's talking to him yeah. i was like this is again this is mark's brothers this is just straight like 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 dumb Con, like screwball comedy beats and then the other thing that i loved was when you have a scene in in Kristen scott thomas's bedroom at night and all of her appliances her radio her phone are clear plastic appliances that are filled with neon tubes i was like it must be impossible to sleep in this room there's so much active oh neon yeah it was like I was when like, i go to i can't have any lights like we want to go to hotel rooms and there's like little alarm clocks have to cover them i have a really yeah, hard but if your bedside table had a neon literally a neon phone a neon phone glowing phone and radio yeah amazing i love some of the props though her father isaac in his home office has a giant headshot of her yes loved that oh my god it was a beautiful like it but it was like a 1940s like kind of headshot there's a place out here in los angeles called fred 62 where they have like all these like actor like old school actor headshots on the wall and that's what it felt like that kind of black and white photography Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. It's also, again, like, Prince is so, Prince is just so mischievous in general right playing with 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 gender roles playing with stuff like in this movie prince is dipped twice while dancing oh yeah he is dipped both by tricky and Kristen scott thomas i was like (laughs) i was like i'm obsessed with this i'm obsessed with like how he can be absolutely the most charismatic sex symbol but but somehow be following in terms of dancing because they also make no effort to hide the fact that Kristen scott thomas is easily four inches taller than him well that's i mean that's what's so interesting about prince like he's such a slip of a man like he's five he's like five one Yes, he's such a tiny, tiny man um, and and wears it better than any short man I think I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Like maybe one of the most sexually compelling and sexually charismatic people of 
the 20th century, you know, of the second half of the 20th century, like, like electrically second, like unequivocally, like do you just, everybody agrees they want to fuck Prince, you know? Yeah. And Prince was like, yeah, I know. By the way, when he falls into Tricky's arms in the beginning, that's one of the yeah. best romantic scenes. Cause he's again, like Prince is what Prince does in this movie. I've never seen any other actor do was to what you're saying, Jason, he allows himself to be dipped. He allows himself to, be alpha he allows himself to be the the pursuer and the person being pursued like he's doing so many things i mean i don't know how good that is in the grand scheme of like tracking a character but i i did find like he can excel in all of them like i believed it when he when he took control of things i'm like oh yeah I think he the, could fight. The focus is always on Prince, Prince's outfits. Right. Like the I, here's the best here's the best version of it, right? It's like all the kind of power dynamic stuff that's happening, everything that's going on. When Prince gets goes and gets Mary, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas's character from the airport and they run away, right? Yeah. And he's going to tell her he loves her. Instead of coming clean and telling her he loves her, he gets in the back seat and puts sunglasses on and stops talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is insane. It is. And and, and the shot he's using, right? He's using like a, he's using a medium shot that has the car and both of them within it. She is out of focus and he is crisp focus she's the one talking out of focus he is silent and in complete focus it's incredible (laughs) there there are moments in here where he is lingering on himself in ways that are like so much more sexual between him and the camera meaning us the audience than when he is having actual sex scenes Mm -hmm. right like the actual sex scenes feel chaste and um, unerotic, but the scenes where Prince is moving or dancing or singing are so erotic as to be almost to make you blush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But but they are but they are when it is Prince om- alone. You know, they are not when they are together. If that makes sense. I, yes, yeah. I agree. I think that you know. Well, I think honestly, that's also what Prince always understood about sexuality that um it was far more intriguing the sort of performance of it and the anticipation and the like mating game of it than the thing itself he's just i don't want to actually see those sex scenes ever again i don't want to see prince kissing males females anyone ever again i just enjoy him just, um, you know, being himself in his strange, fluid sexuality. It's really, it, you're right, Jason, it is something to behold. It's just, yeah. I've, you know, I've never quite seen anything like it. I want more movies with Prince. Yeah, you cannot take your eyes well, off that's not going to happen, Paul. I, well, but you know what? He had a long, he made three films, right? He made Graffiti Bridge, uh, This, and Purple Rain. I feel like he missed out on making more movies, maybe with a stronger director. Like I would have loved to see PT Anderson, like put him in a movie or something like, like you, you have like a big director like that, like crafting an interesting performance, but I have to also imagine. And, and don't forget the new girl. Oh, a new girl. Yes. Uh, sorry. Uh, but I also feel like there is something about, I, I thought about this watching the movie. Like, so purple rain comes out. It's a giant, it's a cultural hit. The music is amazing. He's just 
you know, a sight to behold. And now you're the network, you know, you're the studio exec. You've given him all this money. The dailies come in and you're like, huh, 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 what? Uh, okay. Uh, like, how do you process this movie? Like, what is going on in your mind? Because it is watching it segmented must have been even, I mean, they must have been oh, yeah. freaking the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Because they must, like, some scenes must be coming in like these broad comedy looks and takes. Like Prince is doing like like Looney Tunes level mugging at times, and then at times is doing absolutely nothing. Is absolutely just like stone faced wearing sunglasses. You know, it's like the <laughs> it is. And I'm and I I know I'm I'm criticizing the movie a lot. I loved this movie. Oh, I watched it. I a second. loved. If you said we have to watch it again right now, I'd be like, thank God because there's more I want to get into. But it's not good. It's crazy. When when Drew, I mean, this movie can be summed up in this quote. I feel like this is the level of not sense, but this is like the tone of the film. Like at one point, when Jerome Benton, who plays Tricky, who was part of Morris Day in the Time uh, and involved in Janet Jackson stuff too, like when he go, like he he says, um, like there's some, like he's like, I'm gonna act like a man, just like Liberace. Like that to me is the movie. Like that, like that, that. Through the that lens is to which the movie is shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I think that Prince is like, this is what I mean. Prince is so smart. He's always winking at you. He's yeah. always being like, it's always, there's always mischief going on. It's all, you can't trust any of the images that are happening. You know, um, there's, there's, there's subtext to everything that is really, it really, it keeps you guessing. You really are like, it keeps you guessing on plot points. It keeps you guessing on character. Uh, uh, what what's going on with characters? Character wants and and reality. Like I, there was so much during this movie where I was like, "Wait, are Prince and Tricky still trying to con Mary out of her money, or are they now really falling in love, or is just or is it just working? Uh, you know, is it is their con working? I wasn't clear. You have enough scenes between the two of them where they don't discuss it in any clear detail, but yet they discuss a lot of things. I'm like, wh- why are we not getting the real info here? What, aren't right? Don't we need to hear what you guys are up to? Like, nope. It's like it going is- back to the it's going back to like the Ocean's Eleven hideout, and they never talk about the heist. It's like they're just yeah. talking about like what they had for lunch. It's like, wait, wait, guys, are you gonna tell me what's happening here at the end? Uh, when he's dancing on that piano, it is so good. It is he during that sequence, he takes off and puts on his jacket four times. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. I also did anyone <laughs> the final scene. Well, it's not the final, final scene, but when um Mary's at the airport. And she's scheduled to take her midnight flight to go see Jonathan. And it seems like all is lost and Prince shows up. She's wearing all the clothes that are available. (laughs) She's wearing all clothing. She has on a giant hat, a like turtleneck lace dress, gloves, a long lace dress, stockings i think socks on top of the stockings so she is oh she's definitely wearing hose she's for sure <laughs> wearing pantyhose and they're like white pantyhose she's wearing them in the grotto later and i was like wouldn't she have taken those off to have sex i don't understand I don't but know. yes 
I agree. I thought that was, to your point earlier, Paul, that was the Casablanca moment. Yeah. I feel like everybody, you know, like he drives up as they're going to fly away in the plane. And, and that was like that homage to like that final scene yes. in Casablanca. Um, yeah. She, she's wearing all the clothes. Everybody, the, the, I thought the clothes were kind of amazing across the board. Me too. Because, because they both felt um, like they would work. What year is this? 1984? 86. Six. Uh, they both work contemporaneously. Is that right? And they also work in evoking a sense of period. You know, like it works both ways. They're not like straight 80s fashions, but they're also not like 40s fashions. They're somehow able to do both. And they look you know? good. I mean, I loved her dresses, regardless of what time period they were. I thought they all looked I thought she looked beautiful and his yep. clothing was fantastic. Um, and even Mrs. Wellington and, uh, oh, and the mom. Mary senior. Yeah. They, everybody looked great. Yeah, I agree. And I thought it, I thought a lot of the, um, also the locations were beautiful. Like they yeah. shot, they did not do a good job shooting those locations, but they got to the locations, but they, they set up <laughs> and, and like the camera was oftentimes wobbly. Uh, they were not, I don't know if they had dollies or not. Like I was like, there was stuff that I was confused. Like you they did, forgot you to must, pack the dollies cause they had too many outfits. All of this set up, but why did you let this, sh why did you let this camera move? By in? the way, his co-director was the guy who directed a bunch of Janet Jackson's, uh, music videos, like the rhythm nation music videos. This oh, is like, interesting. so which they have a similarity cause that was in black and white as well. Obviously, we had an opinion about this movie, but there are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit, yet this person recommends it. Tell me what is the message? Maybe that art is subjective. Opinion. All right, so these are five-star reviews uh, pulled from Amazon. Thank you, John Lejoie, for that uh, amazing song. As always, the average rating is 4.7 out of five stars. Uh, so people really, really, really like this movie. I, as a matter of fact, um, there isn't much research uh, on this film, but uh, I will say that in 2016, Peter Sobinski, who wrote for Roger Ebert's website, uh, said... Cherry Moon is a better film than Purple Rain uh, and has gone on to say, you know, uh, that people wanted it to be like uh, Purple Rain and that's why it didn't do well. So there is a lot of people who love this film and these are people who really love this film. This is Rico Suave, probably not his real name. Uh, most underrated film in the 80s. Let me say this. I don't see why people bashed it when it was in theaters. The only flaw to me is that it's in black and white. Other than that... Huh. This movie is funny, and we know Prince is no Steven Spielberg or George Lucas. I mean, George Lucas is not who I'd put as my number two director. Uh, of course, he's not. He's Prince, and he did a decent job directing the film, but I do find Jerome Benton to be on the other side of the fence. Um, and it goes on and on about that. Uh, but basically, uh, it, it ends with this. Uh, it's a good movie. Don't believe the haters. If you don't understand Prince music, then you might not like this movie. It's really for the hardcore Prince fans, so enjoy. That's five stars there. Um, KRT writes, I love it since I saw it back in 1988, which is two years after it came out. I bought it on a VHS tape for 95 bucks. It was rare. I had to order it from overseas. I was a Prince fan, so anything you give me, I love. At the end of the movie, the poem, I had a past boyfriend spray painted on a king-size bedsheet to win me back, and it worked. 
As you know, the movie takes place in France. It's in black and white. It's a romance, comedy, and drama. Uh, Prince plays a gold-digging piano playing gigolo. Don't take it too seriously. Prince is fun to watch. Um, despite his size, he was a sexy motherfucker. In the, in the title, also a, also a prince, a prince song. Yeah, um, but also like despite his size, uh, and then, and then Teresa C says, uh, "This is a gift from my sister, so I really can't judge the product by the content. I don't know Prince, but I love Purple Rain, so I'm judging this by the packaging. Five stars." <laughs> and then, and then this one kind of fell into the five star category. Don't know why. From Susie Onasanaka, she writes, "Boring. Put me to sleep." <laughs> Five stars. So maybe as a sleeping aid, this is a great sleeping aid. Uh, I don't know. Um, Jason, June, we've talked about this movie. I think we all would say we recommend you watching it. I mean, right? I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we're all across the board on this. Uh, I certainly believe that. I mean, although I think to June's point, when we were watching it, not to call you out, June, you were like, uh, "It's gotten too. It's gotten. We could end it up now." I, I think it does get a little bit long in the last like twenty minutes. Trim it up just a little bit, but purely fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I thought it, I thought it, I wish it, you know, but again, it's Prince, so it's going to be long and it's going to be Thank God it's not two and a half hours. It's only an hour and 42, which is at least good. Absolutely. But I, 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 I I really enjoyed this. I really, um, I really just found it to be delightful and strange and interesting and watchable. And, um, it was great to be with Prince in all of his insanity. Um, a couple of things to share with you. The cast was changed. Uh, originally, his love interest was uh, Susanna Melvin, who was a uh, sister of the Revolution member, uh, Wendy Melvin. I uh, was Prince's girlfriend at the time. She was playing Mary, but it was clear she couldn't act, and she was replaced by Kristen Scott Thomas. Uh, that was her feature oh, wow. debut. Uh, the movie, uh, at the end of its run, its final domestic gross was 10 million dollars uh i imagine it I, I don't see how much it actually cost here uh but uh yeah it, it it seemed like it uh it was a lot more than that um but yeah so this movie came and was kind of a i think a big a big big flop uh for him um but uh but yet he didn't make another huh. movie until uh many many years later um but this movie was i i mean it's amazing how much control he had you know, yeah. that, that he was able to put out a movie that was so full of so many ideas without anybody interfering to be like, hey, we, let's make some trims. Let's 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 make this add up a little more. And he was like, no, I think that's you know, I think I'm that's Prince. what you get when you make, you know, when you uh, make uh, when you sign up to make a Prince movie. Yeah. And when when you're following a Purple Rain, because Purple Rain yep. could not be denied. I mean, that like. Like I, I want to just look at Purple Rain's like uh, box office gross because I'm sure that oh yeah played uh you know so Purple Rain made seventy million dollars on a budget of seven point two million. There's no budget I can find for uh, Cherry Moon. So uh but yeah so you know that's that's huge. I mean that movie is all profit at that point. Seven making seventy in 1984. You know is huge, huge, oh, huge. Yeah. So uh yeah. So I wonder if they just like let him run wild. And I think I appreciate somebody whose second swing is this giant. Oh, I, I really, really do. love it. Love it. And I, and I loved that. Like it really is. It, it appears to me that Prince 
is having a blast. He's you know, not like, phoning it in at all. Oh, he is, the opposite. He, he is, is yes. engaged. He loves what he's doing and it shows and it's infectious and it's contagious. So even when they're they're running away from bats, even when he's doing Bella Lugosi, <laughs> like he doesn't feel embarrassed by it. He, he lets f- himself look silly. He lets him he he lets himself be put into positions that so many other actors would never, never let themselves be portrayed that way. And he doesn't just do it. He does it with mischievous glee. And, and is, and is, and that is so compelling to watch. I love watching Prince be that rascal, watching him yes. in the middle of it, call her dad in the middle of the night to be like, I'm kissing your, your daughter. I love when he's just like, like, like poking at Poking at structures of uh, society, poking at, you know, people, poking at like all of this stuff, you know. When he gets into the car in the middle of the movie when he's going to have sex with that woman again and he's just like playing around in like a Rolls Royce, like he just likes the Rolls Royce. It's like there is such, and again, back to my Pee Wee Herman thing, like there's a youthfulness, there's a playfulness and there's a sexiness. Like I can't, I don't think anyone I've ever seen on screen can hit all the beats that he is hit. Like, I agree. Yeah. That's so true. I was going to say, it, it to your Pee Wee Herman point, which I like, is that Pee Wee Herman has a childlike innocence to him that Prince does not. Prince right. has a real worldliness to him. But there is something still childlike in his mischievousness. Like, if you told me Prince and Kristen Scott Thomas in this movie are supposed to be 19 years old. Yeah. I would be like, oh, okay. Right. They're like rebellious Children. teenagers. Yeah. This is this is like a musical version of Rebel Without a Cause or whatever. You know what I mean? Like this is kids fucking around, you know? Um, but it's not. It's not. By the way, <laughs> you know? I'm also just realizing there's no reason why this movie isn't in the United States. Like None. she's not French. He's not French. That right. doesn't play any part of anything besides just the location. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to give you a couple of things that we have going on right now, uh, we're doing our first virtual live show that is happening on October 9th. You can get tickets at hdtgm.com. And also we have this very special charity episode that we recorded uh, that's a culmination of a very long bit where we were sent Transformers DVDs for two years and we recorded a special episode about Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, You can only hear it now for $5 and all that money goes to When We All Vote, an amazing charity doing some great work to activate voters and make sure that every vote is counted in this upcoming election. So they're both available on our website at HDTGM. You can get all the information there, along with a very special uh, newly released Michael Bay Says Vote uh, t-shirt. So everything is up there. Uh, Make sure you come and see our first live show. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Jason, June, anything you want to plug or anything like that? No, I'm excited for the live show. And um, yeah, just a a reminder for everyone to check their registration, check to make sure that you can vote by mail if you want to, um, and that you make sure your mail-in ballot is is going to arrive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And yeah, just remember to vote. And by the way, I just want to uh, tag on to that, June, that especially in Wisconsin, apparently a lot of people have been purged from the voter rolls in Wisconsin. So uh, make sure you check if you are living in Wisconsin listening that you were not purged accidentally. So uh, I've been reading a lot about that. I'm sorry, Paul. I just want to clarify. Are you saying that the purge is happening in yep, Wisconsin? That is exactly what I've so heard. They are, oh, my God. Yeah. So you, it's going to be hard for them to vote. That's why we really got to make sure you get registered. Yeah. Holy cow. So we got to be careful. Guys, we got to vote. We cannot have a purge. Well, apparently. We can't let if, this purge 
You are safe from the purge if you register to vote and you actually vote. So that's what I'm saying. Is if you don't register to vote, you are opening yourself up to the purge. Uh, and that's, you know, that's on you at this point because you have plenty of time. You have until November 3rd. I know we're joking around, but I feel like we are teetering on the edge of the purge. Oh, don't so say I don't it. Even I, feel it. Too, I don't even want to go too far down the road with this bit. Uh, Jason, what about you? Anything you want to promote? Uh, I don't have anything to promote, but you know what I will? I will throw um, a little bit of attention to a friend of ours, Drew Drogi, who's so funny and so wonderful. Uh, before all this went down, had a great show off Broadway called Happy Birthday, Doug. And it is now able, to, you are able to stream it oh, wow. via Broadway HD. Uh, it went up last week. It's fantastic. So oh, if you are wanting something to watch that is a, a piece of theater, that's an incredible piece of theater by a very funny uh, uh, friend of ours, uh, uh, seek it out. It's called Happy Birthday, Doug. Uh, I, th- I think it's called Broadway HD. Okay, great. Uh, and it's Drew Drogi's one-man show. So uh, I'll, that's what I'll plug. Great. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to Avril Halley for uh, championing this movie. She's been on this one for a long time. Uh, our producer who picks all of our movies. She is fantastic. Thank you to Cody for pulling this thing all together. Uh, thank you to Devin, our engineer. And uh, thank you to Nate Kylie who does all of our research. This week we had a miscommunication, so I don't have all the research, so don't blame him. Blame me. Uh, also, uh, Molly Reynolds for uh, digging through, finding all of our great second opinions. And July Diaz, who listens through every one of our episodes and makes sure everything sounds perfect and great. Uh, I want to let you know Know that we will answer all questions about uh, Under the Cherry Moon next week on our mini episode. Uh, but uh, you can give me a call at 619 PAULASK, 619 Paul Ask. You can talk to me about anything you want your life, your love, your job, any issue. I will be there to answer it. And uh, stay tuned. We have a lot of good stuff coming up, and we appreciate you listening. And oh, this is important. Please remember to rate and review our show. It really helps. Apparently, we don't tell people to do that enough. So if you like well, the show, I just rate and review. I don't think you've ever mentioned that. I know. I was just told to do it. And also... I, uh, I don't even know that this exists. Where does one do that? Uh, you could do it on Apple, I believe. That's where on the Apple Podcast app. And then also, uh, the other thing I was telling people, or I'm supposed to tell people, uh, if you want to sign up for all of our catalog commercial free, you can go to Stitcher Premium, but use our code BONKERS. Uh, apparently, a lot of people listen to our show, but have never used our code. So I'm asking you, if you want to... Hear us commercial free. That's new episodes and old episodes. Use our code Bonkers at Stitcher Premium. You can get all cool stuff. So um, that's all. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week on a mini episode. Thank you, June. Thank you, Jason. Bye for now. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.